2: My obsession being titties yeah
1: Uh, you're a connoisseur of fine
0: tits
1: (laughs) Uh, I mean there's so many of them out there to keep one occupied so So
0: Uh, I
1: understand
2: well it's you know it's it's just how the internet is like you, you figure out something you can do that might get people to pay attention and then you just beat that dead horse over and over again I mean, you're
1: not wrong. You're not wrong at all. Uh, I just refuse to do it myself, but you're absolutely (laughs) right.
2: I'll I'll play the game, you know, until I can branch out and do anything I want to do. It's just uh, I'm in a tight spot, so I gotta do. I tell myself I gotta do at least one titty video a day. You know, I figure I figure if I'm putting out. Think about it. If I'm, you
1: know, if you absolutely have to make yourself, if you force yourself to look at one pair of titties a day and talk about them, um, yeah, you know, you suffer for your art.
2: <laughs> yeah, I f- I figure if I'm putting out at least one four to eight minute titty video a day, that that's content. You know that that adds up, and, and so if people find that entertaining. You know, if they if they enjoy watching just me ramble about titties, then I mean that you know that's hours and hours of that could exist. And then if it's all on the channel, you know, as more and more people discover my uh, profiles and my YouTube channel, all the all the titty videos could at some point go viral. And then you all at once. Yeah, and then you see But that what you
1: really want because if your titty videos go viral, they could, it comes with a lot of negative connotation.
2: Sure, I've I've had some blowback on on a few, but right.
1: it but... comes with a lot of like very it's a, it's a very controversial uh way to get attention by reviewing women's titties. So Sure,
2: but you know, this this leads into you know what what we see today with the Way content is, uh, I, I don't know if you saw, uh, because th- this is where my head's at now. Uh, after what I saw today, did you see the uh, the Z Way interview with George Santos?
1: Of course not. Why would I look at that person talk? Um, I did hear that it happened, but um, <laughs> so so you can catch me <laughs> up. So, what the fuck happened? Like, I what didn't, I to haven't... have to say.
2: I haven't watched. I haven't watched it. I've seen like bits and pieces of it.
1: Um, I was more I, preoccupied with the stuff that was going on in the Senate hearing room with you know the gay porno being That that took up a lot of my day. that's, that's been taking
2: up a lot of my time too, for sure.
1: <laughs> that and Jonathan majors have been it, I like cleared my calendar for that.
2: Oh yeah, we'll get into that for sure. Uh, but um, the the z way the I mean the thing the z way thing is interesting because like. I like her when she's interviewing someone you could tell she's actually like cool with,
1: right. And it's like they're doing a fun thing, like a little, yeah,
2: but when when it's obvious that she's trying to do like some sort of gotcha, she mm-hmm. comes off looking like the villain. <laughs> like i that was like the impression I got from what little I saw mm-hmm. was that she well,
1: she's I haven't really watched much of the Z way. It's just not my type of show, really. Like, really, um, pop culture shows like that and a lot of interviews, I really don't get into that much. Uh, but, you know, being that she's like a, a Black girl in the comedy world, I have to be aware of her. And, of course, I have to be supportive because it's not a lot of us. And right. So, whatever she's doing, I'm supporting it, but I ain't really paying attention.
2: <laughs> well, her, her interview with Chet Hanks is legendary. Um... Oh, Chet Hanks? Yeah, yeah, Chetty Boy. But the uh whatever they whatever he says. Uh oh, but the 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 clips I saw from the Santos thing it, it just reminded me why I love him so much. Cause he's like well, he's a true whole cloth, like great American con man. Oh yeah,
1: and- absolutely. He's yeah. gay, right? We, do we know he's gay? Is he admittedly he's, gay? He's
2: gay and he's like on the run from the Brazilian government or something. Because I, th- I think that he's... part
1: of the. Oh, wait, he was. Because, um well, he's had a lot of charges against him because wasn't it something about some bad checks? Like, like some yeah, fraud. Yeah,
2: he, he's, he's like a fraudster. Like, he's a total yeah. just like con man. That's kind of why I love him. That's, I mean, that's what this country is, is, is you know, it's all confidence, man, and snake oil salesman. We've, I feel like we've lost that uh in a lot of the people like you the know the great american
1: still... con man like the the art of the great american kind you think yeah me? the
2: confidence man i mean that's that's what it's as american as jazz or
1: um i don't think know. we lost that at all because uh that orange motherfucker may still be president again i don't think we lost yeah it. there
2: there's high profile con men but uh on, on a on a local level we don't you know people are struggling like people are just struggling and losing their asses and losing their homes, and it's. I think people have forgotten the spirit of like con con artistry, and so I think we could we I could all
1: eat. all the con artists have gone like Hollywood. They in the big time now, you know, and all the really good con artists they doing like multi level marketing cults and shit. Because that's another thing that has taken up a lot of my day. Uh, that that uh. So what's the the escape in twin flames that shit.
2: I have no idea what that is,
1: man. Um, talk. I love a multi-level marketing cult. Like when you put both things together, when you can just get people working for you for very little money, and also tell them that you're Jesus Christ returning. Like when you could just meld those together, that's a beautiful thing. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's just the same old shuck and jive, except there was a what I think is very insidious about this one and how I think it's so people could be so susceptible to it of uh, the twin flames people everybody that comes to them is somebody who was recently jilted it's always like these forlorn women who have been dumped or they shot they shot at a dude and that they really like that he you know duffed a, like just women who have been rejected and just heartbroken And they're looking for somebody who can help them find love. And the whole premise of this twin flame shit is basically they're counseling people to tell them that, yeah, I know that person rejected you, but, you know, that's your twin flame. Like, you feel so strongly about them because that is your real soulmate and you need to continue to pursue them. And that's, and that's like how they roll people in. And it becomes like this whole thing where they have them working for them on a multi-level marketing thing where they say, okay, now you have to find people to bring them in, to counsel them. Next thing you know, the uh, main couple that is running it, next thing you know, he's saying that he's Jesus Christ, the the nice. new Christ. That's, that's, that's a big part. What, for the tax break. He's literally doing it for the tax break. Well, if we become a religion, we don't have to pay taxes. Now we're yeah. a religion. No, that's a
2: that's a big part of any cult is somebody has to be the messiah. That's right. very important. I yeah, it is like know.
1: Mary Kay with the messiah. So it's just <laughs> so it's a, lot, it's a lot of it's a lot of confidence men out there. I think you're just looking in the wrong places. they just not you know literally selling snake oil with the cart you know pushing through the city. Right, you know, going from town to town. Yeah, it's and it's the- a
2: whole it's a whole new world, and, and the internet has changed it for sure. But the the Santos thing, he uh, the the clip I saw that blew me away because I like this is who I am in my at my heart as well. Sort of my philosophy is Z way asking, him like, "How do we get you to go away?" And he goes, "Stop inviting me to your gigs." <laughs>
1: and she goes. Stop putting me on TV.
2: Yeah, well. he said that. He was like, "Stop, stop asking me to do this shit." And then she goes, "No Dancing with the Stars, no RuPaul's Drag Race." And he's like, "No, I haven't been invited to that yet, but I love to." And then she goes, "So that's the answer, just to stop inviting you." And he goes, "But you won't, cause you love the content."
0: Exactly.
1: It's <laughs> like, yes. a symbiotic thing. It's a symbiotic relationship. He's not. He, and I, I can appreciate, not that I really have any respect for this man, but I can appreciate the fact that he is very aware of the role he plays and the role that the media plays in pushing him forward. Yeah. Because you have to be. Like, you can't be going through this shit with your eyes closed. Any decent con man is going to be very aware of how to manipulate these types of circumstances. And the best thing for you is visibility. Yeah. So anytime sure. somebody wants to put you in front of a camera, the answer is yes.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's it, it's kind of like I don't know some kind of inspiring about it that it is like if you are brazen enough and confident enough and, and just willing to put yourself out there, it, it, you know, it, to whatever capacity, pe- people will start paying attention maybe, and then you could you know you could have a, a winning career in media or politics
1: (laughs) i mean that is true to a certain extent it is true i feel like it's awfully cynical but at the end of the day that's what we see there's so many untalented unqualified just uninterested people who are very uh successful and in positions of leadership and power and even if you know social media influences, they are not rich, but they do have a lot of influence in the world. So I mean you're not wrong. <laughs> as fucked up no. as it is, as hard <laughs> as it is to swallow, you're not wrong. Is it? Uh, which is why I mostly hate being alive. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I, I, just, I just check out I just I just go places that I like to go and see the people I like to see and I leave it at that. Anything else, I'm tuning it all the way to fuck out. It just it's not worth my attention
2: yeah I mean I you know being being alive is tough uh the uh, I think the only people who really enjoy life are you know like billion like zuck you know he <laughs> like well i you know I think the people have spoken on the the sort of like mortal uh philosophy of of billionaires uh so i'm I'm probably not the first person to make this point, but I think billionaires are much more enthusiastic about life and attached to it because it's awesome for them like it's (laughs) like this is this is amazing
1: this is all great
2: yeah so that's so much money yeah so they have access to like like truly the world is their oyster so that's why it's like we can't understand that that vampire guy we see every day that uh, brian johnson that guy who's trying to reverse the aging process Whatever and he's like, part. I I have effectively my my penis is the uh, an eighteen year old's penis now
1: because well, I've been is it like a Frankenstein thing, or is he putting specific oils on his dick to make it youthful? Oh, is it, it magic? He
2: he actually is a vampire. He um nice. They had they call it. I don't know what it's actually called, but they have blood boys. So he uh he's a billionaire, and he's like I think maybe close to fifty. And he he gets blood trans like regular blood transfusions from his son, so he he has like fresh blood on tap that he he gets like new blood put in regularly.
1: Are you fucking with me right now? Did Mm-mm. you make this up?
2: It's a real thing. Yeah, they actually do this. They get like fresh young boys and pay them to give them blood, and for him, it's his own son. But that's like one of the Did things he does. It,
1: it what. It's just too close to the adrenochrome conspiracy shit to be like. It's it's running like very parallel, and that's very upsetting to find out that uh, not that I think adrenochrome is a real thing, but it just adds fuel to certain fires that just need to die. Why, (laughs) why?
2: Yeah. Well, it's because they 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 have they've achieved everything, and so they're, they're looking down the barrel of like. Okay, so I, I have access to literally everything that life has to offer. The world
1: white folks gotta chill. This is why white folks don't need to have money. Because <laughs> this is the shit y'all get into. Like it just gets to a point where because you know, like when you think about colonialism and imperialism and, and just, you know, European conquest itself. This is the this is the, the, the descendant of that. Like these are the children of you know, the the Europeans who wanted to conquer the world for some unknown reason. Stay over there. Stay where you at. Have what you have and be satisfied. No, no, you can't do that. You have to become a billionaire and get transfusions of your own child's blood to stay young forever. It's just, it never ends. There has to, it has to be stopped.
2: Yeah, it doesn't, It do, I don't know what the... <laughs> yeah i that's that's just one of those like human things i I have ne- nobody can wrap their head around it like this desire to continue conquering new lands and expanding and uh you I don't know i I don't get I, it I
1: hate, to, I hate to agree with all those those horrible people that say things like this but it just sounds like we're a disease <laughs> it just it, it just sounds
2: like you yeah, well I I heard somebody say that years ago. Like the the best example I heard was that like in in your I think your, Logan
1: has said it before, but he's not the first person I heard say it. Yeah, well, I've heard people I've people make the
2: um analogy that like in, in in your own body, your cells naturally like die off and replicate, and then yeah. if you have like a batch of cells they are just like rapidly building and growing and replicating, that's cancer right you know and so like that's that's kind of where we're at now with, with right. like the way our species operates is it's like yeah i mean go in any going in any like major metropolitan city and just look at the, look at the sheer amount of like buildings and infrastructure in the city and then look how much stuff is also being built like new just like is new construction happening in an already overbuilt city and you're like you can see it there. You're like, well, this isn't sustainable. Like, if you go to Manhattan, you're like, this island is going to sink into the ocean if you keep right. doing
1: like, this. It's a break. But then, and the, but then you look at uh, like the the destruction that that is it has been left in the wake of this development. You look at all the the neighborhoods who are just are just completely just in disrepair. All the neighborhoods who have, that have just been abandoned, and it's just urban blight. But down the street they're building up something else instead of maintaining what's so it's almost like a path of destruction it's it's like cancer like it slowly but surely destroys the entire organ
2: yeah oh yeah it's it's only like a few cities that that are afforded the opportunity to thrive now it's like los angeles austin new york like i you know and then and then you have cities like yeah like detroit or, or wherever that have just been run through and they're done.
1: But even but even in these really nice cities, they have those horrible areas that are just depleted of all resources. Sure. They've been like and and just all it leaves is just sickness and pollution and and you know the dilapidated buildings and shit. So it's it does yeah. look like just a like a path of deterioration, like something is literally tearing through this area and just killing everything around it just piece by piece.
2: Yeah. And, and nobody cares about rural America. That that <laughs> rural, rural America got destroyed by Oxycotton and uh just That's... no no economic opportunities anyway, which
1: don't, might left behind, you
2: know, just that might change now that there's so much like opportunity for remote work, but how many how many people in rural America can uh, have the soft skills to pull off a remote job? You know, those are your typical, you know, blue collar tradesmen. They they have the uh, the physical capabilities to do like, you know, be an electrician or a plumber or whatever. But if if you try to get them to operate within any sort of team setting, like an office job,
1: right? They just <laughs> lose their mind. Yeah, but not even to not even to disparage, you know my own family and where I come from but you know I've been working from home for like a year and a half and I get paid decent you know and I get my job sends me places and everything my mom every time I tell her something she's like are you sure you have a job like she really sometimes I think she really thinks I'm lying to her like do you sell drugs no I don't sell Drugs. This I actually I am at work. Well, how are you at work? You don't have to punch a clock. You don't have to do this and this and that. So they just let you sit at the house. Well, I'm not just sitting at the house. I'm actually working. But for them, it doesn't connect. Sure. This is, there are things that could be done.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, so most, I mean, most most jobs now are just like not real. So there is that. I've like, been
1: a business clerk for, for, for the parish. For my entire life almost. You could have been doing that job from home. All you do is sit in front of a computer all day and answer the phone. You could have done that from your house. Yeah. You have to be in an office for that. Like your own job can be done from home.
2: Yeah, I know, I know so many people who um, their job is to open a laptop and maybe answer three or four emails and and that's it. And it's it's a cushy gig, but I mean, it does it it does encourage uh, complacency because it's like, well, shit, if I'm getting paid this much to do this little, what's the what's the motivation to really try for anything else?
1: And now you understand my life. Uh, I prefer <laughs> not to do anything at all, even even getting to the point where I'm sitting here in front of you right now with a a shirt on, uh, completely washed. Took a lot of energy. Took a lot out of it. Oh, I feel you. I, I, like, I work
2: from home, and, you know, it used to be, you know, if, if work starts at 8, I'd have to, you know, you got to wake up at, at least 6 to. 6.30,
1: uh, depending on how close you live and how yeah. quick you get, like 6.30. Yeah, well, you got
2: you to got primp, you know, you got to primp.
1: I would push it at 7. I would have to be to work at 8. I'm waking up at 7. <laughs> Sometimes 7.50.
2: Yeah, but like, especially especially in Texas, like you're waking up early because right. you might you probably have like an hour commute, right? And and, and it's like, now I I work from home now, and it's like I w- I'll like my shift starts at eight. I'll wake up at like seven fifty and be like, I might be able to squeeze in. I might be able to squeeze in like five more minutes. <laughs> I might be
1: like, All right, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm at the job. I yeah. mean, back in the days when I used to work for Amazon, because I had a—I briefly worked for them uh, remotely, and I would have to wake up at 5 a.m. or not even 5 a.m. It was earlier than that. I was waking up at like 3 because I was servicing the London area. Mm. And when I tell you, I would literally have the—I would have the laptop by my bed like this, and I would open it and I would hit the button and I put the headphones on and just lay there until I got a call. Like it's just literally. <laughs> you don't have to you don't have to do shit. I'm just in the dark in my room, no clothes on, laying in the bed with a headset on.
2: Yeah, it's 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 a weird. It's definitely a it's weird nothing. time because it's 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 like I don't want I I will I never want to go back to an office. Like no matter where my yeah. life goes moving forward, whether Can't I succeed do doing what I want to do or not, I'll be goddamn if I go back into an office. Hell no. uh but there is something about working from home where it is like a- after I don't know being being at home like for 12 hours th- to have that realization like I've not actually interacted with
1: anyone <laughs> a in a long time <laughs> I will go five straight days from Monday to Friday and not see a damn person outside and I not leave my house
2: yeah it's it's like I would I would ha- I would be more social in prison i would have a more active social life in prison like
1: i don't have a pet in here nothing like i don't have a cat it's literally just me for five days straight the most human interaction i might get is if i have to go to the store and i try to avoid all eye contact like i don't let anybody look at me don't touch me don't talk to me i go to self-checkout and i get on my way like and i i think
2: people have like kind of swept it under the rug or are discounting probably the maybe not irreversible but the psychic damage that was done to us by the pandemic like to to i don't
1: think it's discounted at all i think the cdc has declared that there's a loneliness uh epidemic now
2: yeah because i i think that people got put into that in that situation the quarantine and the isolation and all that And if you, if you put people into that sort of routine, that's, that's a tough, that that seems like that's a tough thing to come back from. Like, I know everybody was itching to get back to like life and being sociable and all that, but to spend like two years in that headspace. you
1: were in New York that whole time, weren't you?
2: Yeah, I actually went crazy. So
1: yeah, because <laughs> it was different for y'all. Because Texas by September, I'm sorry, not even September, July. I was at a hotel with Carrie Smith at a pool. Like we didn't have, <laughs> we didn't yeah, have it.
2: New York, New York was like officially shut down, but yeah, everybody so, got was everybody mm-hmm. was sick. Everybody was sick of it quickly. So I mean, we, yeah, you know, I remember going to like parties where everybody was like drinking, and doing cocaine and stuff like that so it's like that i mean no, people we were,
1: were at bars people were doing well smoking hookah again by all <laughs>
2: hell yeah there was,
1: no, there was no pandemic in texas yeah it was about three months when things were shut down through maybe three or four months but after that yeah i'll never i'll,
2: I'll never, never not enjoy, enjoy i'll never not enjoy a good hookah night going out with the
1: <laughs> going out with the with
2: the boys and
1: I hate hookah so much. And I hate that people were so pressed to get back to hookah after a pandemic. (laughs) But, so I guess it depends on where you were. Because down here, we didn't really have much of a pandemic.
2: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, New York was was definitely draconian. But uh, it was also just like the people themselves weren't really abiding by a lot of that stuff. It was just officially the city was like... Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna bring down the hammer on this, and then just everybody was like, "Well, I guess we'll just go hang out at someone's apartment instead of
1: right." We'll we'll have comedy shows at some in somebody's basement or something. Yeah, because like that's what I saw a lot of like top comedy shows of people having comedy shows they live in their living rooms and stuff like yeah, that.
2: Yeah, that I that that was a time when I was like really f- truly embarrassed by uh, comedy because I was like. Man, this shit is just so not important. I don't know, like, why everyone feels like if it's it's like if you're funny, you're funny. You're not gonna lose it if you just take the time off right. during this. I don't know why. Like, every everybody was like, want to do those Zoom shows and those rooftop shows and yeah. all that. And, and I'm I did like, a
1: couple of them. I did a couple of Zoom shows, and it's, it, but I wasn't pressed to do it. It's not like I have to be here for this.
2: Yeah. I yeah, I don't know what was I, I don't know what it is about people that get, get into comedy who are like I if I if I take more than two days off, I'm just gonna lose the ability to make people laugh. And it's like you probably just never had it. <laughs> <So> I <being laughs> you probably just aren't funny. Being honest,
1: you probably just suck. Yeah. Um,
2: Dangerfield took like twenty years off and then became yeah. like the biggest comedian ever. So
1: yeah, and it, and but you are absolutely correct. But you know, I think part of it is with comedians, uh, we can be a bit obsessive about what they call the the grind and all that. They can be very obsessive about it. Yeah, because there was no reason for us to be at an open mic every night of the fucking week. There was no reason for it. We no, didn't
2: there is no, no, there's no reason for that. It's, I think it's just that, like. I don't know what it is. I guess it's like, really. I think what it is is you got a lot of people who really just want some sort of social activity, and they're just masking it with this idea of like, well, I'm working on my craft. It's like, well, you've been working on the same five minutes of your craft for like two decades. So, so
1: just so you yeah, like hanging out, either just fish saying. or
2: cut bait. Like, what are you doing?
1: Right. You you like the fact that you know they they give you a pretty heavy discount on liquor, and you can hang out with the people that you now call your community.
2: Yeah. I like broadcasting. I like doing stuff like this for sure. I mean, I I certainly enjoy stand up, but doing being able to directly interact with people like an audience and put put stuff up all the time and have be be my own like Michael Savage, that's a, yeah. that's that's pretty cool. Well,
1: I'm <laughs> gonna go last i am always had to, yeah. Definitely in the 90s I definitely could have seen you being like the the rush hour uh you know comedy show or the morning <laughs> comedy show that's definitely you yeah morning right. zoo yeah that's you i I, that's you.
2: I was obsessed with that as a kid like uh you you grew up out in Louisiana, mm-hmm. so i don't know if you caught um the big dogs in, in the dfw radio scene but when i you know, when i I, was
1: heard, I would hear about it because you know I, we would listen to the black radio show so i know about like dd in the morning and all that other stuff and you know those Dallas things.
0: Oh uh, for yeah, us, it was
1: like uh, the Tom Jordan morning show. They used to have like a local, the C.J. Morgan show. That was the New Orleans one. So they always had like those really iconic, just like staple radio broadcasts.
2: Yeah, yeah. When I when I was a kid, it was the the um the big one for me was uh the the it was. I don't know if it was a classic rock it was a rock station that would I do like classic rock and then maybe some modern stuff but they had their big like deep disc jockey their big radio show was uh, Ru- uh Russ Martin uh-huh. was was the guy and I remember listening to that a lot as a kid because we never got we never got Stern or Opie and Anthony where I was like I guess my parents didn't have it or it just never came through on our radio but I remember uh-huh. That was like as close as I ever got to Stern. Was just these like four. Did Worth. y'all have Rush
1: Limbaugh? Like, was he somebody that played? Like that was, was like the AM station. That
2: was most of the radio when I was a kid. My parents listened to the uh, like the Fox News AM station a lot. Ooh. So it was it was Rush it was Rush Limbaugh, Bill O'Reilly, Doctor Laura, and the 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 goat Michael Savage was. was they, they those were the people that were on rotation um and i i still like i you know i think a lot of those people are scumbags but michael savage rocks (laughs) he he is a cartoon character he's so funny um and he was he was like my first introduction to uh i i guess what, what would become like crank conservative reactionary punditry yeah uh, but yeah. his show his show was crazy. Like he's based out of San Francisco, and so he was he all...
1: Howard Stern crazy? Was he like Loopy and Zany, or was it more like Alex Jonesy? Or
2: it was it's closer to Alex Jones. Yeah, oh, okay. there there was like an entertainment value too. And what
1: was his name like? Bill O'Connell? What was his name? The other dude? It was uh Bill Connor or something like that.
2: Well, there's Bill O'Reilly.
1: Not Bill O'Reilly. He was a different dude, and he I think he got shot by cops. Like it was
2: I don't know. Michael Savage was just this like cranky old. I I think he's Jewish. I don't I don't know, but he lives in San Francisco, and his radio show was just like three hours a day of him going, "These pinko commies are the liberals are destroying the country," and then he would he was like he was very homophobic because I think he's gay, like he's just in denial of the fact that he's actually gay. So well, good he, for him, <laughs> yeah. So he was always like. Uh, just this blowhard about like the sodomites. He was always calling them sodomites. <laughs> yeah, he, he was insane, and my par- <laughs> my parents listened to him religiously. They loved him, and a, at the time, did
1: they think he was right? Like, did they think that he what he was saying had merit, or what, were they just laughing at him because he just sounds hilarious? I,
0: I
2: well, I think they actually like appreciated what he had to say. Like, I think they like my parents are like weird weirdly uh like they're they're conservative like they buy into those kinds of people but they they are like kind of open-minded in a lot of ways but i like the thing is 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 he's entertaining like a lot of those old school guys is as shitty as they were they they at least had some entertainment value but whenever i hear my dad you know, watching like Ben Shapiro, I'm like, like, first off, this, this guy is evil. He's a fucking warmonger.
1: First but, of all, the sound of his voice. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the fact that he sounds like a literal weasel when he talks.
2: Yeah. You, you know, he's like the Palestine does not exist. You know, it's like that. But like, I, I tell my dad, I'm like, I'm like, I don't care if you buy into what this dude's saying. Like there's plenty of guys like this. What sucks is that he just fucking sucks. Like, this guy... Yeah,
1: he's non-charismatic. He has the skinniest pencil in neck. Like, I just want to punch him in his face.
2: Yeah. He just... I'm like, find somebody entertaining. Watch Alex Jones. Watch, like, anyone... Like, these people are so fucking boring. Like, Ben Shapiro, the Hodge twins... Russell Brand, just so
1: non-charismatic, so uninteresting, unserious. There's just nothing appealing about them at all. There's nothing appealing about.
2: Yeah, them. Yeah, and it's it's blatantly obvious that they're doing what they're doing, uh, not from like any place of passion or or uh, that this is even the thing they want to be doing. It's that they they had to pivot to like whatever this is because they just suck shit at the thing they wanted to do,
1: which is usually comedy. Why do they all want to be comedians so bad? Be, well,
2: I, it's it's very alluring for sure. I mean, uh, 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 any the thing is like any career in the media is, is enticing, and the idea of like being a being a clown for a living, like get getting to just have fun for a living without having to necessarily have any sort of like tangible skills, it, it does seem pretty cool. Like, oh, you're telling well,
1: me you I know, but comedy? I guess I see it differently. Like the like comedy stand up when. Not just stand-up, just, uh, you know, film, television, all that. When it's done really well, there's an art to it. It's not just, and I don't know why people like that don't see it. They don't see that, you know, these great comedians that we've seen in the past, like, you know, Dave Chappelle when he used to still tell jokes. And, (laughs) you know, and and Carlin when he was telling jokes and not just yelling at people. Like back when they were really doing stand-up and it was really, really good. You can see the art in it. I don't know why they don't see that, well, and that, they can just do them standing up there talking and saying shit, and people laugh just because they have to laugh. I I don't understand.
2: Well, what what you're what you're describing those kinds of comedians are very are few and far between. I think most people that pursue comedy are, I honestly, and I I don't fault them for looking for like an easy way out where it's like you know they tell themselves i care about the craft of this but it's like i mean you just don't want to work a job i just admit that
1: i mean but we see we've seen enough people like that of course we've come across enough people who just want the attention of an audience they like the power of being able to hold the audience hostage under the sound of their voice right sure. like we we have seen those people sure uh, most of them are terrible at comedy most of them
2: yeah, I I feel like anyone who's actually good at comedy probably doesn't even necessarily want to do it. <laughs> they probably are just like, oh, I just happen I just happen to be like really good at this thing. But the you know I hate the attention and the notoriety that comes with it. I I just wish I could mm-hmm. be funny for people because yeah. it's you know if if you watch like if you watch somebody like Louis in an interview, he's like a very thoughtful, interesting guy
0: and if you watch
2: like a bunch of these other comics in interviews you you, you can kind of tell that they don't e- they don't even possess anywhere near the depth of somebody like him or chappelle or any of these like other people that we would consider the greats
1: but even with it even with their their so-called depth they're still asshole so what does it even mean so at at some point <laughs> uh at some point in comedy, I guess there has to be a part of you that's an asshole. No matter you, what, you I do. think you
2: have to be kind of an asshole to want to pursue the arts, and you have to be a real asshole to actually do it. To actually like pursue a career in art and entertainment, you got to be a fucking jackass.
1: And maybe that's my problem with it. Like you were saying that you really like this, like you like the broadcast and stuff. I don't even know what I like anymore. Like I'm literally, like. <laughs> i don't even want to say it but i'm like halfway quick comedy and i haven't quit but there's a there's one part of me a very large part of me that just keeps saying bitch what are you doing what well are you i doing? i you know. are not anything like these people why are you here
2: yeah i just i just noticed that there was like the this shift this like paradigm shift where this this whole new realm opened up to people with the internet and uh broadcasting or podcasting where Mm -hmm. you know now if you have the temperament and the personality and the oratory skills
1: for that get in front of a camera and say what you think
2: yeah then then like just with the way the internet is people will like become drawn to you and it's like this this cool fun thing you can explore this new sort of I don't know if you want to call it art form or whatever it is medium of you know just talking cuz it's it's surprising how many be- people are bad at that are bad mm-hmm. at talking like I I I think we you and I I I think people who actually possess written and verbal skills might take it for granted but I mean you you've worked in offices you've met people who are like oh this, this person has never had Original oh, emails
1: that I see, the emails that I see every day. God oh damn. yeah,
2: it's like this. These people have like zero communication skills,
1: right? Like, how does you make it through third grade writing emails like this?
2: Yeah, and that's that's where the trades come in is like if you if you don't have the gift of gab or, or if you're not a silver tongue devil, uh, then yeah, go go be a plumber, that's a valuable skill. I don't know how to do that, but
1: right, you can, I, do so, you can work with your hands, you better than all of us, you can. You an electrician? Teach me your ways. Like, yeah. how can I be more
2: like you? I mean, honestly, yeah. Like, I, you know, uh, I, I think, like, if you're aspiring to do anything like this or any, any sort of artistic endeavor, people with real tangible skills might castigate you because they, they think you're trying to find the easy way out or you, you just don't have, like, you don't have it. those skills. <laughs> and it's like, I don't have those skills and I'm never going <laughs> to develop them i have i have no fucking clue how to do any of that and like I, I don't even have the ability that if i if i were to sit there with a master train somebody training me and i'm the apprentice i don't think i'd ever pick that up like what i'm good at is the this, this other thing like we all have our place <laughs> i don't
1: well, and it's just like me i'm a very logical analytical kind of person i what i do is that all day? All I do is look at numbers and figure out what's wrong with this and put puzzle pieces together. It, it's like that's what my brain does naturally. No, I don't know how to like build a house or whatever no. the fuck. But No, I've, I've know, said I before no that skills, but my skills are applicable and they're valuable in a different way but to somebody else it looks like yeah i i envy play.
2: the people who know how houses work because i've right <laughs> i've said before that like houses might as well be magic to me like if i <laughs> like oh, how
1: does this exist like i see people putting up highways and i'm like how oh. oh. yeah
2: what? the whole the whole world to me is a total mystery like i'm like
1: yeah. man this
2: is fucking crazy that anyone figured this out <laughs>
1: Like I see these tall buildings. Like I'm literally in Houston. I'm never not in awe of civil engineering. Oh, I, I and become
2: art. I become like HP Lovecraft in, in a big city. Like I get really racist, first off. <laughs> All
0: these and, damn Portuguese.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh but I I have like almost this cosmic terror that comes over me when I'm faced with industry and, and big buildings right. and stuff. I feel so I'm like reminded of my own insignificance. I'm like, man, this is fucking, this is overwhelming. This is scary that these buildings it's are it's literal
1: here. creation. It's literal creation. It's like you staring at somehow people have, in a way, discovered how to become God in a sense. Like the if you can create this building, this giant hundred story building from nothing, just materials, and then just making the materials who made steel beams how do y'all do that like what's what what is going on how do y'all track down these trees and I chop think it might them be up? china
2: now i think it's china making a lot of the steel but i don't know
1: but it's just it's just all of it to me just seems mystical and magical yeah it, it, <laughs> none of
2: it none of it makes any sense and it's, i mean the reality is is like there's probably there's probably like a few people at the very very top who don't know how to do anything who make the decisions like the 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 business guys who have all the money but like are stupid also stupid they do the, yeah. they do the wheel they do the wheeling and dealing and get the contracts and yeah, they point they
1: point and say they yeah and you and
2: they and, yeah. and then you have like one, that
1: in itself is a skill
2: yeah for sure and then you probably have like one or two like eccentric geniuses who can just picture what this right, thing the is going to.
1: Architects gonna... engineers, you know. You yeah, like
2: and then the people that actually make it happen are are just like swaths of Puerto Ricans and Dominicans who, you know, can't do anything else. Like you know they they Thank barely. You use...
0: <laughs> yeah, you know what
2: I mean. They don't speak English that well. They they're bad in a, any sort of like team environment. They catcall. You know, they're just there's you know a lot of
1: white dudes too. Uh, so. Sure,
2: there's plenty of white guys who can't speak English that well. I, that's true.
1: Right. <laughs> I grew up with a lot of them. Um, but then the ca- the caveat to that is right. So we have we marvel at these people who are able to just seemingly achieve these great feats of architecture and 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 just industry. But at by the same token, those same people, after I come off stage, will tell me, "Oh my God, I can't believe." you just did that that looks so hard and so scary
2: yeah yeah it's it i yeah life is weird i like there's just so many there's <laughs> so
0: many, it's like,
1: there's it's so many like so if there you, is value i think in what we're able to do i think there's really value in it but i don't think we really see it that way
2: yeah i think yeah because well I, I i think if you if you pull back the way we're pull, like people like you and i like I think have a tendency to look at things at, at, at like a ma- micro and macro level. And so if you start pulling back the way we're pulling back, you do kind of land on this like realization that man, the world is fucking huge. And there's so many, there's so many people doing so many different things. And it's like, yeah, you, you do, you do realize like, I, I, I guess I just have my place in this and I have yeah. to make peace with the fact that I, I just do what I do, and there's just so many things that will be beyond my understanding my entire life. Like,
1: like I, I really wish I could be like an astrophysicist or something, or a some manner of environmental engineer. Like, I would love that because I feel like I would be doing something that actually helped. <laughs> you know, I feel like I would be yeah. doing something that actually mattered. But instead, I uh, I do comedy things. Yeah, and i also do it i don't know so these are two things that seem very useless to me I'm good at both of them i don't see the value yeah, in them even, really.
2: even in the realm of, of creativity uh comedy feels useless like i i'll re- i'll read a book and i'll be like yeah this is also magic i don't know how anybody thought right of this. this is great
1: like this is <laughs> this is amazing how did you write this Like yeah what, how and did then you put the-
2: And then you talk to like a lot of comedians who are people who ostensibly are supposed to be like men of letters, you know, wordsmiths.
0: (laughs) And you try to talk
2: to like most comedians about books and they're like, I haven't read a book since high school. Like they, they take like pride in the fact that they just stopped reading. That like, well, motherfucker, the thing you're doing is like, like runs parallel to literature in a way.
1: I've seen the, I've seen the extent of some comedians, uh. Writing in their writing process, and it's it's literally nothing. It's yeah, literally for nothing.
2: sure. Yeah, I mean, they, they, I you know, it, it is like a performance thing, so it yeah, doesn't. You don't necessarily need
1: even comedians will look at me like, "Damn, you write a lot." What uh, what, what am I supposed to do?
2: Yeah, like, but I mean, you know, hey, look, Jay Z never wrote anything down, so uh,
1: Jay Z is a genius. Be quiet. Um... <laughs> So, you know, we people like that, you know, we have all these, uh, just absolute, uh, masters of their craft who
2: can sure. do
0: things
2: like that. Yeah. And uh, it's, you know, and I, I, I've always had like what I've leaned toward. My tendencies have always been just speaking and, and oration. Uh, I wish I was good at other things. I wish I could make a movie or write a book or, Build a house. Yeah, I wish I
1: could write a book is as, as good as I can. I don't know, suck a dick. I really do wish I could do. <laughs> I like I. I love writers. Like I've always loved, like uh, you know, Vonnegut and stuff, and Zora Neale Hurston, and, and just people who seem to just be able to do things with words that just it just amaze me. Or even like a, uh, you know, screenwriters. Like there are certain movies that I've watched. And I'm just like, how do they do that? Like, how do they put this together? Like, you watch something like Oppenheimer, and I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah, I still haven't
2: seen it, but I hear it's good.
1: It's pretty good. I mean, I have my problems with it, but I have my issues with every film I've ever seen. So, and I look at people like, you know, Ava DuVernay, like, the type of people I admire, people who are just like, they do great, important, just impactful things, and I just tell jokes about my abortion and i'm just like why am i here why do i exist <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what am
2: i doing yeah yeah for, it's be. truly uh it really sucks to feel like you have to do something important because i think most people don't have that in them i think most people are like you know either content or have accepted the fact that it's like i'm just gonna live and yeah. get me a get me a fat wife have kids and just be kind of miserable, but stable until I die.
1: Right. You know, uh, some Fridays, Saturdays, I have the family over, we'll crack open some cold ones with the boys.
2: Oh, yeah, that that's <laughs> I, I will say that's like an old school value, like a tradition. I, You know, I, I am a little conservative. Uh, you know, in terms of so- socially introduced, I like, I like tradition, you know, I'm, really? I'm, I would say I'm, I'm leftist on a lot of things, but I do
1: appreciate like a fourth of July cookout. Yeah. You know? I, pre-
2: I appreciate traditional values, but I will say like one of the things that really gets me that people just have ingrained in them that they just feel like they have to do is at some point have a family. Mm-hmm. And I I think a lot of people jump into that without even without first of being ready for it,
1: right? And, and also at all about why yeah, they want to do it, and
2: also just not even wanting it at that time in their life. Like I I know so many people who are around my age, maybe a little younger, a little older, who already have like a wife and kids or stepkids or whatever it may be. And it's obvious that they're just fucking miserable with whatever this arrangement is, and, and they always like,
1: have to say, you know, but I love my kids; they're a blessing. You hate those motherfuckers, you do. Yeah, that's why yeah, they say that out loud. Yeah, yeah, they say
2: that, and that they're always talking about like whatever, whatever you bring up, you know, trying to talk about hopes and dreams or whatever. They they they, they meet like most things you say with, well, I, you know, I have a family and all that, and that's what's important to me, and I'm like.
1: they give up everything. They give up everything just because they have kids, and they stop. Their lives stop.
2: Yeah, and it it, and it's it's such it's such an odd thing because it's like, well, you weren't you weren't made to do like you don't have you didn't have to do this. You could have you could have held this off until you were ready or you were sure this is something you wanted to do. It's not like, you know, I I guess people have this like sense of impending doom or like the clock is ticking. (laughs) So they, they jump well, you know, into. That
1: thing. I think there's a thing that uh people really selfishly, and I don't know if this is the majority of people, but I feel like a lot of people have kids because they're afraid of who's going to take care of them when they get old. Like they don't, like that's kind of terrifying, or they just don't want to be alone, right? Like they just don't want to be by themselves. So they put their all into getting married, having kids, and just clinging to that because that way they never have to really examine a life of their own and just go out on that limb and say, well, let me find out who I am. Sure. You know? I and like You have to have those quiet moments with yourself.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I think a lot of people would much, would much rather be mis- miserable with a family than, you know, content alone, you know, They would they would rather have a spouse they fight with every day and screaming children that they can't afford than just living in a studio apartment, sleeping on an air mattress, but also gaming and having a good ass time.
1: You know, (laughs) even without that, like me, I'm I'm chilling and, and, you know, my mama, I guess I'm at a a quote unquote certain age as they say, I don't know what that means. Well, I know what it means, but it means literally nothing. And my mom, she's like, but well, Deanna, I just don't understand why you don't want to get married and have no kids. I said, Darlene, I don't know if you noticed this, but I'm ridiculously happy right now. Like, I am quite content with my life. Yeah. Why would I ruin that with a man and children? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. From what I, end? Like, how, how is it? Like, unless it's going to improve my life, why am I chasing it down?
2: Yeah, life is different for everybody. I mean, you're ready for things when you're ready for them. Uh, or, or it's maybe just not for you. Like I don't I don't know. But there's de- I mean there's definitely more pressure on women to too. settle down early and get get the uh you know get the baby factory working. There are um, so
1: many men making podcasts specifically about me, and I just can't <laughs> understand it. <laughs> I can't understand.
2: Oh, I I hate that. I hate the amount <laughs> of uh just for even before podcasting, this has been a thing. But just like guys trying to crack the code on what a woman is. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or it's like, let me tell you, let me tell you something about women. Let me <laughs> this is what you need to know about bitches. And I'm like, and I, man, and you I got, just
1: like, it's like a tennis match. I'm just looking at it back and forth
2: like oh. oh yeah. I see those clips all the time where it's it's whatever that whatever that like bright fluorescent white room is with a round table and then there's like four there's like four whores four or five whores sitting at a table with their tits out and then like some some guy either like a hotep or or some some like venture capitalist or whatever being like let me tell you something about men versus women and and like (laughs) just you know saying like what you know whatever Patrice was saying is what like all just saying the same things that have been said over and over again and like, I, I, it's like that shit's so fucking boring to me. It's also just like it it's it's, it, it's all I also watch those and I'm like, who does this guy think he's talking to? Like these are obviously whores. <laughs> they don't care. Like they don't care. You know, these are women who exist and are making their money on, uh, su- sucking and fucking and exploiting desperate men out of their money. And you know, more power to them. But. I, I don't think they're gonna listen to your spiel about acceptable body count and walk away, like really thinking about it like, oh I guess I
1: like I, I, but but that's always the thing, isn't it? um the the entitlement that a man has about his voice, especially when he's speaking to women, thinking that um, you know, as soon as we hear. His word, we are now under his command. We are, we must be given pause, <laughs> and we must co- course correct based on his edicts, whatever they may be. And um, that's the funny part to me. It's like silly motherfucker, you really think I care what you say? Thank <laughs> like you. That's cute. That's that's adorable. That's adorable. Erstwhile, I mean, you haven't seen a pussy since your mama spatch you out. Like you haven't been. Oh yeah. You, you can't you couldn't get pussy with you know, like I don't know, like I yeah I <laughs> yeah
2: i I at least like I look, I don't speak on these things in that way because I know I can't get pussy, you know <laughs> i i
1: even if you can't get pussy, and then there are men who do get pussy who are extra arrogant about it, sure. and they because women will have sex with them and that they're able to uh. Emotionally manipulate women. They're experts on womanhood in general and what it should be, and uh, they don't understand that they're also whores. We <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: I th- yeah, well, I think <laughs> men. You,
1: you have shown us that you go fuck, so we go fuck too. Like what? <laughs> well, here's
2: here's here's the thing about fe- uh, fellas and females. Uh, yeah, uh, females, fellas and females.
1: <laughs> there you go. I, I love do... I love when they say females. The, that's the, my favorite the, thing.
2: Yeah, the fell fellas definitely have more of a, uh, I think our sense of like any sort of self worth and a place in this world it is to a certain degree, unless we can escape this matrix determined by getting pussy, which uh, is weird to me. Yeah, so it, it you know, and I, I mean, shit, it, 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 in my life, especially hanging around comedians who are eternally high schoolers it's been like it, it, it's just been like agonizing to have to hang around so many people who never left that mindset where it's it's like i gotta put i gotta put up fucking numbers and get pussy and this is what makes me man and i'm like dude you were 37 <laughs> like, like, you do something scholarly do something else.
1: Go build something. Make something with your hands.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: I, those those convers those con- the the pussy getting conversations I've always found really boring and kind of invasive. Like I just like why do why do you think people need to know? And I I've, I'm guilty of this to a degree. I've I've shared intimate details. Well,
1: that you I probably have should- a penis, so there's things. Yeah, but it's it's also like
2: why why do you why do you feel like the, the, your audience needs to know the particulars of your sex life. <laughs> like, there's there's so many other things to talk about.
1: It's not really important, but it is uh, quite a preoccupation that we have, and maybe that's wrapped up in you know our, our biological need to procreate. Like, we just we constantly have to discuss the act of sex because yeah. it's always somewhere uh, it's hardwired in us somewhere. That we I think it's because
2: sex is so naughty.
0: <laughs> yeah
1: oh speaking of naughty sex the senate hearing so i haven't seen the film <laughs> oh I,
2: I have yeah
1: so is, it, is is it any good like is it juicy or no
2: it's it's juicy just for the fact that it's like senate of like a senate official like a staffer just definitely getting butt fucked by some other guy like it's it's happening in the in the room where they asked Ka- like Kavanaugh about like you know did you rape these ladies, you know where they've like confirmed some Supreme Court justices yeah,
1: Confirmed the people yeah the yeah. room, which in my mind that makes it a naughty place anyway. Any any place that that Matt Gates has sat in is disgusting. So you yeah, may as well I, do whatever the fuck you want in there.
2: <laughs> yeah, we we talked about this on on the Cornfed Show, but it was Sorry. like. It was a jarring because tw- Twitter is like, or rather, X now, formerly Twitter, ha- has become like the Wild West in terms of what's what's just on that site daily. And I just remember like logging on when when that video dropped, and I was just flooded with everybody posting a video of gay sex, <laughs> just. Uncensored.
1: They're the same sex are just their own faves. So yeah, that was cool. <laughs> but haven't seen this one. Like this is <laughs> this
2: is No, it was the same video, just over and over again of this little twink just getting cored out by whoever this guy is. We I didn't the 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 butt fucker identity still to be revealed. But the... well,
1: they, well, somebody's been fired um, already.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think the guy getting fucked, the whoever the staffer is, I'm I'm pretty sure he's been fired.
1: Well, the person who was fired, they said um, something to the effect of, "You know, I know I'm, I I feel like I'm being maligned because of my my sexual preference." Oh yeah, and he he immediately
2: before. he hit the culture war button immediately yeah. like. No, love is love and it's like dude you got sodomized you filmed yourself getting sodomized in well, the
1: he, said, I you made many, he said something about i made some bad decisions in my life before but i would never do something like this basically it sounds like he's denying that he was involved at all no
2: from say, what I, I can tell it, it, like you he's in the video you see his face you hear him you know making sex noises it's definitely this guy uh it was a gnarly video it's like i i i i've seen gay stuff before i don't not- have an
1: x before like as soon as it as soon as i saw the icon on my phone turn from a bird to an x i was like ah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah it, it certainly is the the gayest thing i've ever seen
0: You've gone and left me
1: crying After you've gone, there's no denying
0: You seem blue,
1: you feel sad Mr.
0: band, never There'll come a time, now don't forget it baby There'll come a time when you regret it Someday, when you grow lonely Your heart will break like mine You want me only
1: after you've gone, oh dance, da 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 da